light. Camera. Modoc. No soul. Roll the intro. That's right. And this one, this one's spoken word, baby. Spoken word song for all the trolls out there. Thank you for your support. It doesn't matter if you're from England, Cuba, LA, or Brooklyn. You know what I'm gonna tell you. We love your support. The Joe song. That's right. Love intro song is about trolls, baby. Love you, trolls. Intro song. Namaste, baby. Gonna get into that matrix. Love you, trolls. Yeah. All right. <laughs> All right. And welcome to another <laughs> great week of Magic with your host, Jonathan Gondwal, and my favorite co-host, Under the Sun, my co-douchebag, Rick Acevedo. Hey, wait a minute. I mean, I'm a totally good person. I, I take, I, um, I take I said, issuance with this uh, statement. Well, I don't because it's true, but you know. But I'm one of the good ones. Yeah. <laughs> yes, and recording in as progress. always, we're bringing you another week where we're going to talk about all the things in Cinemagic. Kidding, it's a MODOK episode. Right. So, <laughs> if you didn't know, this is a MODOK episode. But before we get into it, I just want to check in on my good co-host, Rick. Rick, how are you doing this week? Uh, you know, I'm doing fantastic. Um, I feel really good. You know, um, I, I I don't know, man. I, I, I just, I wish I could put into words how great I feel. I almost feel narcissistic. <laughs> uh, I guess it's that, it's that COVID vaccine shot. I know I'm feeling pretty narcissistic. I am, I am feeling great, man. The, the, the Pfizer, <laughs> the Pfizer, it, it worked out great. Um, of course, that's for those of us that, um, you know, believe in uh science and not uh you know not matrices and matrices and whatever but you know it, it's science 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 <laughs> <laughs> proper really, book uh, reading bro proper book reading how you doing jonathan how are you feeling i'm doing great and just for all of you if you have not been vaccinated we're both both vaccinated over here it's pretty easy pretty simple please do it mm, yes. uh if you um, I'm, I'm still doing pretty still great. wear the mask. Still wear the mask. It's good to the wear mask. the mask. Yep. You know. Yep. I'm doing pretty great. I actually have some um, friends who I truly miss that are over there in Italy. I'm wishing the best for them as they just got vaccinated. So I'm giving them like yay um, uh, over there as well because I want to see them soon and travel soon uh, as we are making movies soon. So we want everyone to be vaccinated. But right. with that said, it's been a great week uh for those listeners of the podcast i got a new addition to my family i'm talking about my little kitty nezuko uh she oh. is the i thought you had a baby thing. no 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 babies for me uh you know we we, we have one baby in the company uh, uh that is our shout out to our producer and editor brendan right now uh so he's the baby of the company and yeah we'll probably he's, be he's younger than all of us so we'll probably all be dead before him um, yeah, no, but I just want to I just want to let him know I just want to let him know because he's he's because he's my son obviously I just want to let him know that when I die I'm gonna haunt your life miserably just to entertain my uh, tortured spirit. That makes sense. 
that makes sense. I, I, I regularly talk with my partner about, I'm like, you know, because, I mean, I, let me tell you this little, it's a quick story. Right. But one day, you know, I'm sitting on my couch in my home back when I was living in Florida, and my partner comes in and she goes, hey, look what I got from, uh, from the thrift store. And I turn around and look, and what is in is this old porcelain doll and like in the box that she has that just that just looks there like oh like you know 50s like 40s cobwebs around the box like it's been up in an attic or something somewhere and i look at her and i go so you just want me dead right like i'm i'm just gonna die because you brought an old haunted doll into our house <laughs> without my permission so that means i'm, I'm already dead because now the doll is in our house <laughs> I'm already dead. I'm the first one to go in this recall, year. I don't recall ever seeing that doll. Like, I, and I've seen all the other stuff, but I don't recall seeing the doll for whatever reason. Oh, because I kept it locked up in a closet and checked on it to make sure it never moved. Because if it did, I knew that the only solution, as Mike Tyson has taught us, is to burn the house down. So I <laughs> made sure that. <laughs> kept it or, or you know, even better, just sell the house, get you know, and forget about the doll. Leave the door there and make it somebody else's concern. Yeah, that's hey man. I don't believe in ghosts. I don't deal with ghosts. If I see one, I'm punching it in the mouth and burning the house down. That's all that's gonna happen. I like that. Yeah. So I let I like, her. I know. like the fact that you're going this far. <laughs> yeah. Well, I let her know too that if she brings in creepy stuff and they end up killing me. I will haunt her as well. So I I'm completely agree with the I will haunt you in the afterlife. So yeah, I'll find a way. I just think I just think as a as a father, it's important to instill that in your children. I've always um, believed that instilling fear in the kids is um, akin to <laughs> instilling respect. Um, quick story, and then we'll dive into Modoc. When Brandon was a little boy, he was insisting on watching The Sixth Sense, and I said, "Brandon, that's not for you." But he insisted, so I decided that it would be a life lesson time, and I decided that he would watch it, and then he went to bed, and of course, as a kid, you know, kids are like rats, they're always uh, looking for that midnight snack, that, I mean, I did that as a kid, I don't, I'm sure you probably did it too, John, like, oh, yeah. we, we were always sneaking the snack. So when I, because I knew he was going to do that, I decided that I was going to open up all the um, cabinets in the house. And the kitchen, um, in perfect symmetry. And um, Brendan turned the light on and started screaming, the sixth sense is going to get me. And, of course, I was eagerly anticipating this and waiting for it. And, you know, with a big smile on my face, I said, no, Brendan, this is called a life lesson. When I say that you cannot watch or do something, it's because things like this could happen. Whether it be me or actual evil spirits... This is what's going to happen. I think he understood it. Um, I mean, I'm pretty sure he's waiting to like, you know, like I'm at that stage where I'm, you know, pooping my pants or something to get even with me. But oh, yeah. hey, I'm, I'm like, at that, at that point, I'll be so cagey and so messed up that it'll be hard for him to, to get even with me. It'll be... Oh, oh don't, don't worry. When, when you get old and enfeebled, I will help him get back at you. I will. I have schemes. Uh, in mind. Hey, I'll, <laughs> I'll steal your medication. <laughs> no, no, no. It has nothing to do with medication. I forgot, but, I forgot I'm like seven years older than you, so yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But convincing you that you're pooping yourself all the time when you are not, oh, that's going to be great. Just those little things that drive you crazy, it's going to be great. 
I'll it's be, gonna be great. Wait, wait until you find the stuff in your stool and you're trying to figure out what you ate to how it came out there. Hey, man. Yeah, yeah, schemes, schemes. Skittle poop is the best kind of poop. <laughs> we are cinemagic, so though. I'm, I'm sorry, we are cinemagic. It's just that occasionally we do hit that that uh, occasional tangent um, about Skittles, poop, medication, <laughs> and bad child rearing. Now, we, well, we're here uh, we go. <laughs> of course, because we're talking about villains today and the new villain series, Modoc. So we have to talk about our villains. <laughs> oh, my God. Attributes. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> How can you talk about villain? We don't talk about our own villainy. Wow. But, uh, no, for real. So as we were talking about a couple, couple of weeks back, a month back now, wow, adult animation. Uh, on our podcast about adult animation, if you haven't, probably a couple of weeks now, but if you haven't listened to it, Take a listen to it after this episode, of course. But we were talking and highlighting the need for adult animation and how um, the industry, entertainment, I was going to say Hollywood, but it's more than just Hollywood, right? Yeah. <laughs> the whole entertainment industry. It's all Right now, it. all of it is really in need of adult animation and how popular adult animation is. And this is no different than to talk about, really, the biggest adult animation release right now, this month, Except for when Rick and Morty comes out, Modoc. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, Rick and Morty at this point is a stalwart that's going to be very hard to beat. So it's not. Um, but yeah, definitely Modoc has, has been a big, big release. That I mean, I know when I saw the uh, previews for it, I was really excited about it. And my reason for being excited about it is this: if you look at Modoc as a character uniquely, Modoc has never really been heavily featured outside of the comics he's never been heavily featured but when he is even in in i would say the majority of marvel's animated series like spider-man i think he was featured um definitely the hulk and all these other features for the last 25 26 years he is seen as an almost comic even though he's a super villain and a very smart one he is seen as a as a comic relief type character Yep. Because he's he's just so uniquely drawn, and his powers and everything. So, for me, this was like a given that this had to happen at some point. Yeah, I mean, and I'm with you. Besides the most recent Marvel's Avengers game, which the main villain is Modok, which no surprise, this is coming out. They're doing a tie-in for another game, so it oh. doesn't surprise me that they're leading in people to do Modok. But besides that, you're 100 percent right. And, and really, that's a game that came out last year. Besides that, even in gaming, because I'll take the gaming aspect of this and entertainment, and all entertainment, Modoc is the biggest punchline. He's usually yeah. there to talk body, like put some body jokes, some fat jokes, basically in, and that's basically what Modoc is. And he hovers in his chair and, you know, whatever. No one cares about Modoc, right? <laughs> like, well, I mean, Modoc, Modoc's biggest... Modus, Modoc's, I believe, biggest, most consistent feature as far as um, as an animated series is concerned was when they did Iron Man in 1994, I believe, where it was on for two seasons and he was like the, the sidekick of the Mandarin. Mm -hmm. and, you, and you get a little that. bit of a look into Modoc's backstory. He'd been like a Russian scientist, had a beautiful girlfriend, something happened, blah, blah, blah. Um, but... Every time you would listen to Modoc or see him, you couldn't help but laugh. Nope. And it's real funny that then they decided to take a supervillain, who in the comics is a supervillain. He's not yeah. like, he's not a punchline. He's not a joke. He's a supervillain. 
But for some reason, outside of comic books, we've taken them as a joke. And I love that in this series, they said, let's roll with it. Let's take that jokey <laughs> aspect and let's roll with it. I, to be honest, it's it's not just that that I love about the series. because and And so that everyone can understand... Jonathan and I watched this at different times. I actually binged it in one day. John, I don't know if you did, but I actually just watched it like two days ago, three days ago. No, yeah, I binged ago. it over two days, like half. I watched like eight episodes in one day and two episodes in another. So. Yeah, I, I watched one in one day and then nine in another. Um, <laughs> so here's what I loved about this. Um, you know, and... When you take superheroes, which, you know, you've got this, you know, fantastic ideas about superheroes traveling through the cosmos, fighting supervillains and everything. But when you take heroes and villains and you put them in normal everyday situations while still trying to take over the world, that's a recipe for great comedy provided it's done right. Mm -hmm. And then you take someone like Patton Oswalt, who's got such a distinctive voice... Yeah. And is so good at just delivering d delivering that essence of the character. Man, I could not come unglued. I mean, there were things, obviously, that could have used improvement, like with anything. I thought, you know, on my... But I still loved the series. Like, make no mistake about it, I loved this series because... There was so much more depth to MODOK. <laughs> like, he's married, right? MODOK's married. He's got two kids... His little girl is, like, a version of him, right? And then his little boy is this, like, he wants to be almost like a performer, and you don't quite know what the deal is with him. And they're preparing. Lou. Lou is amazing, and they're preparing for the bar mitzvah for Lou. And Lou wants to do magic, and he wants to just think completely out of the box. This is not a spoiler, everyone. We're going to let you know when we get into spoilers. Yeah, it's, it's just... not a spoiler. This is, this is like a, just a, the coverage of the whole thing. and I mean, but it goes over like how difficult real life can be for just about anyone, including mm -hmm. a supervillain who's, who's got an IQ of 10 million. And I mean, just mm -hmm. the, the level of, I don't know, the way they laid it out piece by piece in each episode and it, i mean everything connected which is great because it's just one overarching series which is great you know but i mean to me the whole thing was just i mean i loved it i, I enjoyed it it did what it was supposed to do which was entertain me like i wasn't thinking man i'm pissed about this i'm pissed about that i wasn't thinking in justice league terms yeah, I'm digging in on that man because I know what you did. I know what you did. <laughs> um, <laughs> I know what you did, uh, and we'll just leave it at that. But you know, to me, it was it was just entertaining, just very entertaining, and it has some tender moments, really tender moments that you wouldn't think you would see in something like this because it was so like adult oriented and everything. But it has some truly tender moments. It had some sad moments. But it was all just amazing from beginning to end. And again, yeah. there's things that we can pick out, and I know we both can. Because, okay, here's where I would have done it differently, or here's what I think should have been done differently. Um, but 
by far and away, it's one of the best things that I've watched in in in, in recent time as far as the series is concerned. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, a hundred percent. And I want to say your sentiments are the same. I like that they took a comedic an angle. And this is one of the things I was worried about with uh, Disney's merger uh, with Fox and getting rid of the shows on Netflix and putting everything into Disney's Plus. Even after seeing the Falcon and Winter Soldier, which I liked, I know you did not, but WandaVision, which I, I did not like. Uh, I, I did like uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier. It's just that there were things about it that kind of pissed me off, but no, I, I, dude, I love an action series. Come on. So I, and so seeing what they did and what they've done with kind of their Saturday morning cartoons, uh, my always biggest fear was is that we're not going to get different takes on this stuff, right? So this, this is one of those shows that I'm so glad is not on Disney Plus, stayed on Hulu. Uh, you know, before they even announced Disney Plus, this was made for Hulu. I'm glad it stayed on Hulu because I love this. I love this take. Yeah. I love the comedic aspects of it. I love them just kind of taking this what now seems mundane of these world of superheroes since we're inundated with it so much and take the mundane and mine it's still very much in the superhero world and very much for comedy like you don't have to stretch it they kept mm -hmm. it in line they kept they kept even comic accurate stuff which is funny because it's unnecessary to do in a comic series but they kept all that in line and really made a funny entertainment uh entertaining show yeah. where they really didn't have to take the piss out of any character right mm -hmm. even modok itself from monica to iron man who you could see in the trailer shows up this is not a spoiler uh, <laughs> all of there that all really get their moment to shine and also be kind of human and also be kind of douchey and all just be regular people uh in a sense where i think this adult animation allows them to be where in something like disney's live action shows we don't really get that so from watching those two live action shows which i really did like falcon and the winter soldier i actually like this one more because of its liberties of being able to be funny, taken back. I think the animation lends itself to do a lot of crazy things. And we talked about this in our animation episode, uh, that adult animation, animation allows you to do so much that CGI and everything else and this huge budget would have to be able to accomplish for what's essentially the same thing, right? CGI, computer model, <laughs> such the same thing. So I think taking that down a little, making it more human instead of bursting it all in these huge action scenes, and then now you can have cool action just throughout an episode right. and put humor into it. Oh, loved it. And I love the character-driven stories that they had. So I'm with you, especially I, for superhero stuff. This is probably my famous of the year. I, I have to agree. I mean, this obviously wouldn't have fit into... Um, Disney Plus because Disney Plus is family network that's a fact and the thing is you can get away with fitting action into a family network because you know they don't cuss in action everything is just over the top I mean it's like it. it's, yeah, it's like yeah look watch watch like you know it always builds up to one thing and one thing only and that's that crowning glory where your hero like in, in Falcon and Winter Soldier, finally, Sam becomes Captain America. And it is so freaking epic when he does that. It, it's amazing. But it's building to that. And you know it's building to that. Here, it's, it's laid out almost like a sitcom, like a darker sitcom. And you mm -hmm. don't know where it's going to go. And this isn't for kids. You know? Yep. Disney Plus is, is, is you know, a children-friendly network, as, as it should be. 
And so it was the right call, and I totally agree with you, to not put this on Disney Plus and just leave it on Hulu. You know, because it's it's one of those things where it's like, well, you know, do you really want the kids watching something like this? I mean, it it just... And the thing is, Modoc is a supervillain, but I will be hard-pressed if I find someone that can tell me that they weren't cheering for him throughout this entire series. I was I, cheering for Modoc the whole damn time. <laughs> and I agree with you, but at the same time, they didn't make him not villainous. You know what I mean? He's still a villain and a supervillain. Oh, no, he's... He, He's, 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 yeah, he's evil, but they gave him this human side where he's almost, I mean, he starts out basically as a bully child who's relying on his mother to give him emotional support. And, you know, we've all been there at some point. Mm -hmm. And now we're going to, I think now we're probably getting into spoiler territory. So, but, yeah, so if you, let's, let's put that base one yeah. down. We're going to spoil starting now. Uh, so if you haven't watched the series, please watch the series. Come back and take a listen. Hear our thoughts on it. We're telling you to listen. I think from our overall impressions, we're saying listen. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so he starts out, and his mother is giving him this emotional support because he's being bullied. They're making fun of him. They're you know they're they're calling him names. Now, Modok, of course. Fast forward is fighting iron iron man <laughs> and his big win is the fact that iron man kicks him so hard that his boot gets stuck on modok so modok's big victory when he comes down like the big party is he's showing off iron man's boot like a trophy one realistically well, he won that fair and square yeah by getting his ass kicked bad <laughs> you know <laughs> so I'm, I'm seeing this and i'm like oh my god this is so great this is so great and right away you see monica as the sort of an antagonist and you wonder why because they, they work in the same place and everything he's he's you know they're both an aim and that's his company and you know she's just angry and and just looks at him like man you're you're such a tool and a loser and all this other mm -hmm. stuff and then modok you know as he's kind of going on things start to happen for example a gigantic tech conglomerate takes his his company over all right which i loved i i Love that they made one of the antagonists corporate America. I just love like one of the antagonists are literally just corporate America and a vague notion that they're literally a living corporation. It's just a vague. Yeah, and, and, but what I really enjoyed was the fact that um, the guy who's the company representative, what's his name, man? I keep forgetting the my, my Austin. Yeah, Austin. He's like a combination of every person you've ever seen that struck a nerve with you be it positively or negatively mark zuckerberg um elon musk guys like that that are you know polar every polarizing figure is like well written into that one supremely annoying character and you know he's mm -hmm. a total clown 
and he's got evil written all over him. But it's such a... It's done in such a subtle fashion. And mm-hmm. automatically, and this is where I'm, I'm saying that I became like a fan of MODOK in the show, and he's a supervillain. You're right. There's no... You can't get around that. It's not like they're hiding it. It's the fact that <laughs> MODOK goes to his house, which is like a fairly average house, you know, with his wife and his kids... And has to deal with, with the kid's bar mitzvah. He's got to deal with his sort of rebellious teenage daughter. Daughter, yep. Losing the, you know, basically um, losing the company. You know, just trying so hard to create this utopian world that he's got in his mind. And that's another thing. When they explain his vision, although it is incredibly self-centered, at the same time he's got a vision that's just for peace and, and sort of harmony. And the way he sees it, which twisted though it may be, it's still, because of the way it's presented and the way it's written in, makes you feel for Modoc. Because you're like, man, he really does actually want to make the world. Like, you believe that. He's still a villain, but for a second, you believe that. For a second. Yes, I want to, that, that scene with his daughter, when the daughter was like, whatever, you hate the world. And he was like, no, I don't. I just want to change it. Like, you know, that sense that you get, and he says it with such, not like it's the music drops and it's heavy. It's kind of just like a passway line. Like, what are you talking about? That's not it's me. An earnest, it's an earnest feeling of, yeah. I want to make the world a better place. That's what you mm-hmm. get from it. I don't care mm-hmm. who was listening or who was watching that. If anyone says that they did not get the feel, the way just... Just from that one interaction, like, then yeah. you don't, such a, you know. Such a quick interaction with his wife, uh, not wife, his daughter. daughter, that it underlines that again with Lou, and they keep showing his humanity, but again, they don't punctuate it, music, there's no stills. But even with Lou, it's like, I don't want you to be weird because people were bullying me to be weird. Like, you know, I care for you, and that's why I want to create a world well, you'll never have to be bullied. So even in Modoc's mind, his universe, his society is a free and fair society where people are not bullied for their looks. <laughs> and, you know? and and the thing, the thing that I like is there's like heavy concentration on the marriage, the marriage mm-hmm. with between him and his wife. Uh, Modoc, you could tell, um, he loves his wife. But Modoc, as with every villain, is self-centered. You know that the, the key to a villain has always been the fact that villains have like this one incident in their lives that changed everything, and then they became self-centered because they felt that the way they thought that the world should be, and this is mm-hmm. with every villain. Darth Vader. Well, they killed Padme, so he became Darth Vader, so he killed a bunch of people because, hey, you know, this like there needs to be order. Mm-hmm. So Modoc is this kind of a of, of villain that's centered in his vision, has those tender moments, but they're not enough to just sort of hold his family together. So then as we yep. get into it, his wife, who, you know, um like you know was had written a self-help book but at wants some to be point. 
By the way, I love let me I love the wife. I love what I they do. did with the wife because it's very easy to be like, well, Modoc's the villain. He's such a villain and narcissistic, as you're saying, is one thing, right? That even he calls out his name during sex. He doesn't even call out another woman's name. His problem is he calls out his own name during sex. Modoc. <laughs> Modoc. And so you get this assumed narcissism that he can't see anyone for the value what they're worth, including his wife. But I love the examination of his wife to look at what kind of person would marry a supervillain. So in the end, you realize that like, oh, she's not a good person. Just because she's not like MODOK out fighting Iron Man doesn't mean that she's not a villain in her she own has, right. She has a desire for greatness um, mm -hmm. on her own, which is completely unchecked. And then as we get deeper yep. into the series, that is explored heavily. And then you realize that, you know, she she's a representation of what could be the worst in all of us if we don't check it, you know? But yeah, and her own villainy, wanting to be a brand, just wanting to be a brand. Just, it's not actually it's just wanting to be a brand. That's be such known. a comment. It's the same narcissism. It's and the that's, same narcissism. That's such a comment on the way society is today because you've got so mm -hmm. many people that say, I want to be a brand. What do you mean you want to be a brand? What the hell does that even mean? I'm, I'm a person. I can't, mm -hmm. I don't walk around with a logo, you know, like yep. branded on my ass about, you know, about, no, that's, that's not the way things work, you know, but unfortunately that's where we are in society today. So I thought that was great commentary on the way society is at this moment. Where people yep. are like, well, I am, you know, I am Cheerio Maxwell. <laughs> Jay yeah. Maxwell. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, I think it's a great commentary to show that just as Modoc, as a supervillain, is narcissistic, that these companies, these brand ambassadors, and everything are just as narcissistic and are just as bad. Since they aren't out fighting, are fighting Iron Man. Or killing people don't mean they don't bring their own harm in their own way. No. So she was neglecting her kids, treating everyone around her like crap, <laughs> like you know, all for the sake of her brand, and to lie to be what she wants people to think she is, rather than being the person she actually is, because she loses her identity in trying to be a brand. In trying, and I, to be I, I like I like what they did with her in her whole storyline. But but was... what I loved about that though is that developed slowly. They didn't do that from mm -hmm. one episode to the next. Like that mm -hmm. developed slowly. Yes. You know, um Modoc so Modoc and his wife separate. Mm -hmm. Um fairly early on I would say. They separate. She wants end a of episode one, by episode two they're I think by episode out. two there's a separation. So Modoc's Modoc puts everything on hold because at that point he realizes that he doesn't want to be, um, you know, without his wife or his family. Like, that's part of his identity, at least for the purposes of the show. It's part of his identity. That's part of what defines him. That's part of who he is. So, what also defines him is liking those big old juicy butts. <laughs> yes. Because he does say that. He does say that. <laughs> Juicy butts are good. I think it's so, what was the line? <laughs> he says it to his old self who 
When they're in the college, she gave up all this for this wide hip, like this large hipped women. And he's like, You will one day learn, oh, the folly of youth, you will one day learn that Modoka likes butts being juicy. (laughs) It was hilarious. It was, it was, that line was so freaking great. So, (laughs) so, you know, here, like, here, here you have this guy that. Then now he starts figuring out how can he use his evil genius to to um, basically get his family back. So he decides mm-hmm. he's going to travel to time to go to and and also the callbacks and references to like nineties and early two thousand stuff was beyond awesome. I really I early two thousands actually. Three eyed blind. Third eyed blind. I love the Hooba Sting. Oh, Hooba Sting. It was Hooba Sting. Hooba Sting. Oh, who are... Third yeah, Eye Blind was Hooba the concert. The Beatles. <laughs> like, who's Hooba Sting? The Beatles of the of the early 2000s. Who are the Beatles? The Hooba Sting of the 60s. I mean, like, that was such a brilliant... I got what you did <laughs> that, that was such a brilliant line. You know what I mean? To me, yeah. I was like, ah. I mean... <laughs> oh. <laughs> so... He decides he's going to go to, I think it's a Third Eye Blind concert with his wife. Just mm. invite her to a third, third Eye Blind concert in this whole traveling through time uh, situation. Which I love because they basically completely disregarded the whole... You know, when you're writing, whether it's for television or film, uh, the people always say you have to follow certain rules when writing certain things. i got to be honest with you, I've always thought that was just... a complete pile of shit things have to make sense all right mm-hmm. they have to make sense yeah all right but to say that whole rule which was actually kind of like there was a funny interplay about about that in, in avengers about you're really quoting back to the future as your reference for time travel you know mm-hmm. and so they just completely ignore that mm-hmm. it's like get over yourself it's a fucking show let's just watch it and have fun with it so yeah as, as they sit outside and slowly age as they watch themselves they watch themselves and so like, they, <laughs> they go um and they end up i think in the college like just right outside the college dorm where other modok is who actually becomes one of the main antagonists for the show um and then which again another brilliant stroke one of the main antagonists is just himself with his own ambitions that would show you if modok was not tampered by the love of his family what kind of douchebag would he be exactly. and i love that it's just him. it's nothing it, it, else. it was perfect and you know what's really perfect about it it wasn't overdone because you did not see this character featured that many times there were a couple no. of key moments right where he's there and and they were really key to the series and the development of the series, but they didn't overdo it. So Modoc is, um, you know, he goes with his his wife back in time. They have a a big blow. Things seem to like they're gonna get better. They have a big blowout. Eventually, they get together, and they're just the age as they watch their life flash before their eyes and eventually they come back and I'm, i might be skipping around in episodes i don't know but I, I no, think no, it's better episode. yeah 
Um, so they come back and they say, no, 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 we're meant to be. And then right before the, um, you know, Modoc, right before that, they fade away. Everything just fades and then you're back to square one where they're talking about the divorce. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like that one key moment that could have saved everything is off. Off the table. Yep. Which meant yep. that you were going to see so much more. And honestly, the way they... And I'm not going to jump to that, but the way they finished off the season was actually kind of surprising to me. But I'll, I'll get... You know, we'll get to that. But not at all, because it's in line with the character and their goals. No, but I mean... But I'm, I'm, I'm not talking about watching it from like a... Like a, like a like an objective perspective, like just watching it because you see everything that he goes through. You're like, Oh shit. That's it, It's an Oh shit moment, yes. but it's not really a surprising Oh shit moment. If you're, if you're keeping in mind everything else that you've seen, however, going back to, to this, it's like, okay, so now you've got a villain established beyond the living corporation. And now Modoc's on his own. And so Modoc, when he goes to the apartment, I gotta say that was probably one of my favorite things that I've seen. Oh, like he goes to this rat-infested apartment. It's like if I were to describe it, it's like if you're an actor, you know, and you decide you want to move to LA, but you don't understand how high the cost of living is there, <laughs> and that's the best you can get. That's what Modoc had. Like, I love all his kids. Like, please, please don't make us stay here. <laughs> I didn't mind. Lou. No, Lou, Lou was actually freaking hilarious. His daughter, though. Oh my god. His daughter. And I just to more talk about the characters because if we talked about every episode and really what you describe as episode second, we would need hours on this podcast. So, uh, which. Yeah. Second episode is a pivotal episode. I Modoc. really like it. It's a strong. I think it's such a strong episode to go. Yeah. But uh, just to talk a little about Lou, Lou is hilarious. I the love best. the double Lou's eventually. I, I love everything about the Lou's. Uh, I, 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 Brent Swartz, Sonic the Hedgehog himself, uh, is voicing this one. Uh, and I have a good time. Lou is probably my favorite character here. Just see, is that right combination of weird uh, and and... Unlike his, honestly, his family, Lou is the least narcissistic out of all of them because his sister's yeah. narcissistic, his mom's narcissistic, his dad is. And so Lou is like virtually the other way as much as possible. And I think he brings so much fun and levity to this group for being so caring and compassionate and like in love with himself, but chill. Where everybody else had to kill themselves, Lou's the only one who's like, yeah, I can totally hang out with myself. We're all having fun. Well, I, you know, the thing that I loved about Lou, and this is where I, this is where I really fell in love with the character, okay, is when he comes in and then the rats are trying to, to drag him into a hole in Modoc's apartment. He's like, Lady rats, there's plenty of loot to go around. <laughs> But the delivery of that line was so perfect. Oh my god, I was like, did you just say that? Like, did he legit just say that? I asked that question. 
I was like, oh my god, he did say that. That was perfect. One of my favorite lines, he's not in it, but when Modoc explains that the Lou's decided to split their food so his grocery budget hasn't changed, uh, which you think he's a supervillain in charge of like a multi-million dollar company, his grocery budget would be the last thing. But <laughs> they're worried about the grocery budget, and Lou is just so Lou that they're like, don't worry about it. We'll split our food. You don't even have to do anything different. We're just going to do the same thing. We're good oh to go. Oh, my God, dude. But, okay, so I got to say this because this is where this is where I was just dying. I mean, literally, I almost choked. I was laughing so hard at this particular scene. Um, and this is skipping around a little bit. When they go to the hotel for the conference... And oh, yes. Modoc decides that he wants to be loved. First of all, that's a that's a fabulous look into how him and his daughter are so much alike, but his daughter is so much more about common sense and looking yeah. at things from a common sense sense perspective while giving him advice on how to troll these executives by basically demolishing their egos with very small comments. Oh, I, I love the mean girl. Love, love that, love that. But so then Modoc decides, and again, this goes back to Modoc's, um, you know, self-centered nature and his narcissism and everything. Like he decides that he wants to speed up the process, so he brings out these like oversexed turtle-looking creatures. They <laughs> turn that party into like the orgy from hell. I mean, it was the yeah. energy for Bell, and the way the turtles are like, "Hey, we're gonna dance," <laughs> and it sounds and like the turtle. You know how the noises that turtles make when they're having sex—they sound sex. exactly. I have several tortoises. I'm in love with tortoises, and when that scene came on, I was like, "Yes, yeah, Tom, these are the tortoises I want to party with." And then I went, "Oh no." <laughs> I love those. I love those. So, come on, I actually really. The side characters are really good in this, including the like C-list villains who are all actual. Most of them, I believe, are actual villains in the comic book. Yeah, Armadillo's uh, that, real. Yeah, all of them, I believe. The Melter's real. The one who died, he's real. <laughs> oh my God, the Melter's actual was... real villain. Uh, the Poundmaker, <laughs> she's part of a group. The wrestling one, she was part of a. So they're all actually real villains, just like C tier. Uh, you know, <laughs> C tier. Um, you know which i loved i loved all of them honestly i love bringing in the c-tier villains and just being like oh, look. but but there oh. again that see that goes back to what i was saying about modok having this perfect balance between being a you know a criminal and, a, and an antagonist and a supervillain and being someone with a tremendous humanity to him um mm-hmm. Which is just hard to do that. Uh, when he basically buys them the uh, meatloaf at the all night meatloaf place. <laughs> I can't even yeah. I wish there was a place like that. Um, yeah, there was. With a night called... theme, but it's not medieval theme, even though it's in a castle and the dude's dressed up like a knight. It's not yeah, right? Yeah. So, like, I'm like, when he's doing that, there's this bonding moment where he's like, you know, I think you guys are are cool, and I think we can do something really cool. 
and it it really goes from Modok just basically being denied entry into the elite villains club, you know, um, yeah. and and being a... punked out by the leader of all people, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's a great scene. It's... It, it is a great scene. It brings down, again, his humanity of not being narcissistic for a second, like, right, needing the best to be the leader to be supreme, i.e., don't forget it's the title, the su- scientist supreme. That's that's his title at a corporation. It's not enough to be a CEO. He has to be a scientist supreme. Exactly. And his new company, where he's a scientist supremer. <laughs> <laughs> but, but for a second, he dropped all that to really just coincide with the groups of quote-unquote losers and just be him but the one thing again that gets it it gets me is how then they turn around and whatever and like whatever sympathy you're building for him they're like let me remind you he's not a good person and here's what i'm gonna do and they and you start at the melter's funeral I mean, he couldn't have been more of a douchebag to the Melter's wife and his kid. Yeah. I mean, he destroys the freaking casket. Hey, that's the supervillain way. <sighs> that's in the supervillain way. I know, okay? I know. But he's just being so dismissive toward her. Like, like he doesn't care about her feelings at all. And oh, no. then, like, he basically makes it so that he himself thinks he's the Melter's like best friend when they only knew each other for like that one day and again he like when they're in the grave site he's like could you please let me grieve in peace to the wife and the kid like there goes that antagonist nature of modok which i thought was absolutely epic because it was timed correctly like they would have periods where they would have you build sympathy for the character and then they would destroy it. Just just shred any sympathy. It's like... <laughs> sympathy here, shredding there. Sympathy shredding, sympathy shredding. Like, just over and over. And I love that. Because it was well-timed. Really well-timed. Yep. No, it was. So, I, I, uh, this is one that I think that we can even know from our laughing and gig- from when we're talking about these episodes and these characters of how much we really enjoyed this, how they Mm -hmm. took a different spin. Uh, I think to not just talk about story, but animation, I think the animation was top notch. Of course, we're talking about the guys who've done Robot Chicken for years and everything, the Super Monkey production. They were doing another superhero show called Super Mansion that was on Crackle, a little bit on Adult Swim. It's now virtually disappeared and I don't know why. Um, I think it's a rights issue. But, uh, so they're used to doing kind of this animation, the stop motion animation, and I, I still love it. I think the animation fits. And, yeah, but but in this one, I thought, especially if compared, I mean, I haven't seen the latest episodes of uh, Robot Chicken, and it definitely was improving over the years, but this particular show, like, the level of just crispness of the animation was, was really impressive. Um, I thought, I felt they did an incredible job doing that. Did you see Crossing Swords, which was a Hulu original they did like? No. Was it last? No, I've not seen uh, Pandemic. Yet. Sometime during the pandemic. The pandemic is all a, a thing. But the animation reminds me of that. It was also something for Hulu. Uh, but 
it's 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 a production company I tend to really like mm -hmm. uh, in terms of animation and what they do. Um, everyone seems to really really like them and work with them who works for them and their animation even though it's rudimentary tends to be top notch so yeah. uh, shout out to the production company because I think they're just they're doing a great job shout I think the animation out. <laughs> because I, I don't think we talked about this enough in our adult animation episode but the animation studios really matter in these type of things great and time. so I do I do think they did a great job with their, with their studio and their animation I, I yeah and you know, and again, I thought the choice for the cast members and um, and just everything that they did, you know, and I obviously you'd have to figure out when this show went into development and when it actually went into production and everything to to understand. Like just it it, it was to me, I don't know, it was almost perfect, pretty much. I know there's no yes. such thing as perfection, but I. Like when when Modoc's wife is finally becoming a thing, you know, on her own, right? She's finally becoming a brand, and she starts dating. <laughs> What's it, Power Man? Wonder Man. Wonder Man. I'm sorry. Oh God, forget it. Like, I'm sorry. Don't I mean, forget Wonder Man. <laughs> Wonder Man. Wonder Man, dude. The, the last time I saw Wonder Man was in that one uh, Avengers show that only ran for like 13 episodes. Um, yeah, he's another one who's done a lot of stuff and. Like comic wise, but that's comic what I mean, wise. Comic but then everything He's else, it's like, who's the guy with the W? Why is he here? But yeah. Wonder Man, Nathan Fillion himself. Yeah, in this show, you know, served as a perfect way to kind of expose Modok's wife. But at the same time, she had like this agent who was like, "Well, I'll talk to you later, Peg, because I can't call you bitch because women are empowered." And I was like, "Oh my god." This is so perfect. <laughs> it was, I love it. And, and they were hitting these... on so many social taboos that you tend not to like talk about. But it was so brilliantly done. It was. So oh I just God. I just want you as we're talking about Cass, which is brilliant done. I don't know, did you know who was the voice of Tony Sark? No, who was it? John Ham. John Ham. So the cast, like even for the regular villains. They had crazy people. The main cast, of course, Amy Garcia, you may remember in Lucifer, which I love. Uh, mm. Melissa, the kid, uh, the daughter, is played by the girl who plays Amy in Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Um, Amy Garcia, yes. So oh, all the cast is wonderful. So the whole cast is wonderful. And then for some of their guest stars, you know who was uh, Pound Pound Cakes? Pound Cake? Pound Caker? The woman wrestler on the Loser team. Yeah, yeah. I don't. Uh, Whoopi Goldberg. Yeah, that, that was that, that I could tell that right was, away. Mm -hmm. Yep. So, I mean, so they got some, and I know it's a Marvel movie, but it was fun to see some of these. Whoop, Whoopi was very surprising to me when I was listening. I was like, is that Whoopi? I was like, I don't think I've seen Whoopi because do animated. She sounded, because she sounded, um, and that just shows you that the range of Whoopi Goldberg is like very few people have that amount of range and can mm -hmm. still preserve it because, you know, Whoopi, I believe, is 70 or 71 right now. Yeah, Whoopi's. I'll look it She's up. She's up there, man. But she did not sound like a seventy-year-old woman in this. She was born in fifty-five. Oh, fifty-five. Oh my. Sorry, Whoopi. I, I did not mean that. Uh, sixty-five. So she's sixty-five years old. But still, to have that much range, that where you don't sound like a sixty-five-year-old individual. Oh man, 
it's it's amazing like the whole the whole deal but i honestly feel that the way this was written um is is really kind of what sells it you know yes um yes. to I mean, I think we could probably get to the to the end here. You know, want to just get to the end. So, for for those that haven't watched and everything, we're we're getting to the to the payout. So Modok has gone through and he wants to get his family back, and eventually it seems like that's where he's going to go until Modok, uh, past Modok comes in and decides to show Modok what life could be had he not been held back by his family, and tells Modok, hey. I um I'm here to do that so you don't have to. They're in the middle of a big battle or what have you, which I believe it's a it's a Devar Mitzvah, right? Well no, it's not a Devar Mitzvah. Yeah, it, it is. The rabbit yeah. So basically, uh Modoc closes his eyes and starts crying and is in tears as he sees his family or he doesn't see his family get crushed, but they're crushed. Um, flash forward, Modok has his utopia, but he's unhappy, and he's taken past Modok and has been torturing him for years to try to figure out how he could get his family back. So he went from wanting to take over the world to wanting to have his world, but also have his family, which appeals to the level of narcissism, villainy, and self-centeredness that Modok as a villain has... To the point where he's willing to kill himself, who was the villain, this whole damn time. I mean, come on. Yes, but the villainous part, the younger one, you know he knew that the older Modoc wanted his family. That's why he didn't stay in that that future timeline very long. You know yeah. how he gives like the present Modoc like a quick glimpse of it, right? And even the present Modoc's like, Well, I wanna talk, I wanna see what happens. And the young one's like, Nope, just trust me. Knowing full well that his only thing that he'll be missing is his family, but says, do it anyway, because that's our goal. That's our dream. How villainous is that in and of itself? To to kill your own, yeah, to kill your own family knowing that you will regret it. I'm trying to make sense that makes sense, but yes. Yeah, exactly. Just so you take over the world. That, so it, everything has to do with just the many levels of villainy that that Modok went through that he seemed to you know because then there's like the new aim and stuff like this down it never lips, leaves the the strip mall where he signed his uh, supreme er because <laughs> he's pissed off that he feels Modok has conformed and Modok mm -hmm. is supposed to be a nonconformist no villain is supposed to conform so basically yeah. he's trying to rebuild Modok to be like the biggest asshole it could possibly be and and they do that but at the same time you have modok there saying i want my family because i can have it all but mm -hmm. it's in the back of his head that he wants his family so that left so many possibilities for where this could go on a second season yes. that you know to me to me it's exciting you know, I mean, there would have, like, at first when I saw that, I got to be honest with you, I was like, man, I could, I, I would have done this differently. And then I thought, no, I wouldn't have. It's freaking perfect. 
Yeah, um, I really like the way it ended. I, I think the way I it did ended, too. I did too. I, I like the cyclical nature of the ending. I have a feeling that the opening of season two is Modok coming back to save the family, like future Modok, and erasing it like they did in episode two. Yeah. But, you know, erasing his whole timeline, just like they did in episode two. Uh, that's the way I see it going. And I still won't be mad at that cop-out beginning. You know what I mean? Because I don't think it takes away from any of the journey or anything that they built up. Uh, so really, in the beginning of the second season, which I have a feeling this is getting a second season. Oh, uh, it hasn't been announced yet. I just have a feeling. Uh, but usually I would say that's a cop-out. You're just undoing everything. I, I would say that on every other show. But this show, I understand it. They built it up. They've made that already an establishment. So when that comes, which is my guess of what it's going to come, and listeners out there, when Modoc season two comes out in like a year or two, we'll do this again. And I'm going to play the clip where I said that's what they're doing in the beginning. But I'm not mad about it. Yeah. <laughs> I. But, I'm but here's the thing, though, is they can do it so many different ways because he had his family at the very beginning. And he spends this whole season trying to get them back. Yes. Now, imagine if he doesn't have his family at the very beginning and, ex like, his the whole season, he's trying to get them back and finally does, and then the journey brings him back sort of full circle. The only reason why I don't think they would do that all the way, obviously, is because it's like, okay, well, where do you take the character again? Because... He went from being an asshole to growing as a person to being an asshole again to not, you know, like it, it just, but there's many ways that it can happen, which I love. I'm going to tell you this. Any way that doesn't get the two Lou's back on screen immediately is a failure because I need my Lou's. I need my Melissa. I need the family. They are, they are fun. And that's why I think they're immediately going to bring them back because the family is fun. The family is what kind of sells the show to. Uh, it is the Lou, it is the Melissa, it is the Jody, it is them that are very much a character in Modoc um, than just Modoc, the name. But, you know, and this is the last thing I'll say about this series for now. Um, I love the fact that Modoc is finally being exposed as, you know, one of the true gem characters that has the depth yes. and profundity and, and has been exposed to a certain way that you could do something like this with. I love it. Because you don't oh, have it. that a lot. In, in a lot of superhero universes, it's very difficult to do that. You know, when they go comedy, usually they'll do something like, you know, the Marvel show where they're, like, smaller. What was it? It ran for, like, two seasons. I know what you're talking Avengers, about. Avengers, um... Yeah. Well, I would say the biggest example of this is probably Supermansion, which again, the studio did not too long ago for Crackle, which was a bunch of a basically Justice League knockoff people being superheroes. And it was paid for laughs. And it was funny. And I love Supermansion. Again, I would suggest it to people, but it's literally not airing on Crackle and you can't find it anywhere. Uh, I don't know why. Yeah. <laughs> but... Um, I think that the only one where it really has happened with the Dawn animation with superheroes and done well uh, is is really Supermansion. And they take some of this type of behavior and aspect of it, but nothing is really as Modoc does, where it really does a funny family drama, uh, a funny family sitcom. That's. I don't think any many superhero shows have done that. I don't no, know. no, there aren't. 
there aren't that many. Yeah. So I I, so, I love it. So that's that's our that's at least my humble take on Modoc. I I say watch it watch it again if you haven't. And if you didn't get into the first episode, give it to the second. I think the second episode is one of the strongest. Rick was describing it here, but I think it really shows you some of the heart and the and the craziness of the show. And if you don't like it after the second episode, you won't like it. But I think that you will. Definitely give it to the second episode to get into it. The cast is great. Uh, go to our Instagram. Tell us how much you love Lou or the Lou's. You'll understand um, <laughs> when you watch it. Or who your favorite character is in general. Go and tell Ali say, and, and tell her uh, uh, this is Disney stuff so she can still watch it because uh, mm-hmm. she's in love with Disney. So tell her it's Disney stuff. Tell her Melissa's great. But go over there on the Instagram and talk to us. Tell us, let us know your favorite characters. Uh, leave us some uh some reviews on apple podcast spotify wherever you're listening to this podcast like share and subscribe make sure to give those five star ratings to uh, me but, sure but even if you're only giving us a one star rating remember you're still supporting us and we love you for it that is true we do love you uh, yeah. we, at triscale productions we don't try to be super villains but we do love this super villain so <laughs> 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 Uh, and because before we leave, I did promise I did watch Army of the Dead from oh. Zack Snyder, which Rick is mad at me because I watched the Zack Snyder film as I've been railing against Justice League. Mm-hmm. I've actually gotten some people to talk to me about our Justice League review and our Mortal Kombat review. So thank you to the listeners out there who reached out to me. They have all loved both of our reviews and said we were spot on. Uh, so I'm going to say that. For my Army of the Dead, I thought it was okay. It is still an hour too long because it's Zack Snyder. Uh, well. But... I will open myself up to watch anybody, uh, especially if someone tells me they did something different than what they did before. Uh, but I am willing to turn it off into five minutes if I'm not liking it. That, and it kept my attention. I watched the whole thing. I'll, so. I'll give Jonathan credit for that. I'm not so forgiven because, you know, those four hours, I still can't get them back in my life. I will never watch Justice um, League again. It, you know, I'll never I've, watch it 300 again. I and past felt... the opening of Watchmen, I will not watch it again because I hated Justice League so much. I felt <laughs> that those were four hours that put me closer to death, and that's not cool. Now, mm-hmm. I, I can never said, give you back. You know, you can't give me back my time. I cannot. And, you know, no matter what you do, you can't take away my dignity. I'm still keeping that, bro. <laughs> For watching. I, I lost watching when it. I watched more that. My dignity went out the way when I watched me. Oh, you're right. My dignity did completely just take a dive when I watched more. Dude, you know, I watched that two days before the podcast, and I brushed my teeth at least 12 times because I couldn't get the freaking, like, you know how, I guess, you know, you make out with a person and the breath isn't mm-hmm. so good, and you're yeah. like, I'm still feeling that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mortal Kombat was that person whose breath was not so good, and you oh, shouldn't no, I had, be uh... making out with them. I had a little brother, my little brother and my friends of mine were calling me when they were watching the movie, and they go, wait, does this happen in the games? I was like, no. They're like, what about this? Is that the same way? Because this game sounds weird. And I'm like, no, none of, none of this. Don't, don't worry about the game. The it game, makes no the sense. The game was the greatest game of all time. Well, maybe not the greatest game of all time, but one of the best fighting games anyway. But um, it's yeah, funny. It's we, should, we should, to exercise our demons... Um, we should play uh, Mortal Kombat versus DC. <laughs> I 
That's true. That is true. <laughs> Exercise both demons. That's a great one. Uh, so tell us, so reach out to Ali, say like, hey, I want to see a stream or something of you guys playing MK versus DC to get that out of our system. Because I agree. I need to still, I watched this as X and I was like, oh, this is okay. But I'm mad that Zack Snyder has like three more projects because I don't think it's good enough to give him any more projects. Um, and I don't like people who even like restore the Snyderverse. And I believe Ray Fisher and I'm on his side, but still screw Zack Snyder in his old Justice League. Um, <laughs> I hate that. I want to purge that. Let us know. Same time, catch all of our videos on um, uh, the Searching for Beauty Pile and um, on Tubi. Boys, uh, Boys School in Canela, and then on Tubi, we're searching for BD Paoli. Tubi, which yes. is a major uh, major streaming network, it's only growing and growing and growing. So, for all you haters out there, love ya. Woo! Yeah, love it. As independent filmmakers, um, watch it, support us, share it to your friends. We have new things coming in the works things. that we're excited to talk about once we can. Uh, but. Uh, not right now. Got to protect those IPs. But <laughs> yeah, you gotta, you, we got to protect the IPs. However, you're gonna love it. Um, and that's that's what we're gonna say. So yeah, you know, um, check it out. Yeah. So catch us here next week on Cinemagic. We have some more great stuff for you. Uh, and as always, have a great week. And we'll see you. Bye from Rick and Jonathan. Bye. 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 I am Murdoch. I'm Murdoch.